Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. her not to be touched by anybody because if anybody touched her then they would become unclean then they would have to um, have to isolate by themselves it was an issue that would cause her if she was married not to be touched by her husband in 12 years it was an issue that caused her that if she had kids not to be able to touch her kids for 12 years It was an issue that caused her not to be able to worship at the temple because she was unclean for 12 years. This lady had a bunch of reasons not to be around people. This lady had a bunch of reasons not to be around a crowd. This lady had a bunch of reasons not to be trying to get close to Jesus. This lady had a lot more reasons than just her being unclean. Can you imagine all the reasons and all the excuses she could come up with for her not to reach out and touch Jesus well, he's going to Jerry's house. I don't want to bother him. He's busy. He's already got a miracle. There's a, a girl that's getting ready to die. Like She's sick. He needs, he needs her help. She needs, needs the Lord's help. I don't want to bother him. Man, there's a bunch of people, bunch of people around there. I don't, know that, I don't know that I can get through there. There's a whole bunch of people over there. I may not be able to find a parking spot. I may not be able to find a place to sit. It's raining. 35 degrees outside, eh, why mess with it today? There's a bunch of reasons this lady had not to reach out for Jesus. However, that's not what happened, is it? What we see in this story is that an unclean woman with more than one reason not to believe in faith, with more than one reason not to reach out in faith, with more than one reason not to trust in faith, she didn't care. It didn't matter who saw her, didn't matter what it took, didn't matter where she had to go, didn't matter who she had to push through to get there, because she knew that Jesus Christ was her only help at that time. It didn't matter. My prayer for you and I today is that our faith will be much like this lady, where it does not matter. What doesn't matter? Anything. I don't care who sees me. I'm with the Lord. I don't care what it costs. I'm getting to Jesus. I don't care what I have to push aside. I don't care what I have to step over. I don't care what the other people think. I don't care what the law thinks. I don't care what my family thinks. I don't care what the friends say. I don't care what the finances say. I don't care what the job says. I want, I need, I have to get to Jesus. You read these stories about the Christian church in other countries and what they go through to be able to read the word is unbelievable. 
take you, take you some time this week and search the secret church in China and just look at what they have to do. Look at how they have to hide. Look at what they go through just to read the word. Look at how they have to smuggle in the Bibles. Look at how they have to do it in secret at nighttime in the middle of the night in an abandoned place where no one can find out and no one will know because if they found out, they would surely die. But they don't care. Why? Because they need Jesus. Compare that to the American church. And we fall short every single time. Well, can't make it today. Can't read the word today. Why not? Well, time changed yesterday, and I'm real sleepy. Can't make it to church today. Why not? Well, time changed. I'm real sleepy. I'd really like to share my faith over there, but I can't do it. Why not? Well, I just don't know enough. I really need to spend some time in prayer. Why, why don't you? Well, this is ball game on TV. No. Desperate faith, desperation in faith doesn't care. This lady here found herself in a spot where it does not matter. And I hope that you find yourself in that exact same spot. I hope that I find myself in that same spot. And I hope that we respond in the exact same way, where we will push anything aside, no matter what. Amen? The second thing I want us to point out here is that there is such a thing called waiting faith. W-A-I-T-I-N-G. Waiting faith. How many of you know that the Lord calls you to wait sometime? Amen? Amen? How many of you know that's not easy? <laughs> Lots of times we like, uh, I see that hand back there, I see it, I see that hand. Lots of times we like our faith to be uh, like a microwave, right? We can put something to put our cold pizza in there for one minute and it's hot, ready to go. But lots of times we learn that faith is like a crock pot, like it takes all day. It takes time and it causes, and the Lord calls us to wait. Look at Jarius in this story here. Think about him. He comes to Jesus. The word says that he is a synagogue leader. He comes to Jesus, falls at Jesus' feet, says, my daughter is deathly sick. Will you please come to my house and heal her? This man fell at Jesus' feet in desperate need of Jesus to come to his house. Jesus said, okay. So he starts walking. He starts following Jairus to the house. The Bible says the crowd of people followed too, and then this lady did her deal. She crawled up behind him, touched, and Jesus stopped, turned around, said, who touched me? They went through their whole dialogue. The Bible says that this lady told Jesus her whole story. She told him everything she had been through the last 12 years. She told him about the doctors, told him about the money, told him about not getting better, told him about getting worse, and then Jesus says some of the greatest words you'll read in Scripture, daughter, your faith has healed you today. By the way, side note, this is the only time in Scripture that Jesus calls somebody daughter. Do you know that? This is the only time in all of Scripture you will read Jesus calling somebody daughter.
daughter. What an honor for this lady. What a proof of faith for this lady that Jesus would call her daughter. Back to Jairus. This lady told him the whole story. I don't know how long it took. I do know this, that if it was my kid telling a story, it would take two hours, maybe three hours, that I could tell the story in two minutes. Anybody else have friends that tell every detail when all you need is the bullet points? Tim, I see your hand again. Don't be pointing fingers. <laughs> Anybody else have, have a, I don't want to ask you about your employer, so I don't want to get nobody in trouble. No, I don't want to know. I don't want to know, Chelsea. I don't want to know. This lady told Jesus her whole story. Can you imagine what Jairus was doing at this time? Remember him? He's waiting. He's like, Jesus. Like, come on. My daughter, sick, about to die. House, you were coming. Fellas, you ever, ever out somewhere with the family and maybe you're at the in-laws or whatever and it's time to go, but your wife don't think it's time to go. And so you kind of like, anybody else do that or just me? Thank you, Luke. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. I appreciate it. You know, you just kind of give them the eye. You're like, does it? Christine said it works both ways. Ladies, ladies, you ever get out somewhere and you look at your husband, you're like, like you know what's up, like they know what's up, right? Most of the time it's me telling Kelly like, let's go. So Jarius was here waiting. Like Jesus, like my, my, my daughter, come on. While this lady's telling him her whole story, while Jesus takes time to heal this lady, Jairus' daughter dies. Can you imagine the frustration, the anger that Jairus was feeling because he had to simply wait on Jesus? How many of you know that fate sometimes calls you to wait? Think about all the times in Scripture where people had to wait. Noah had to wait on the rain. Abraham had to wait on a son. Joseph had to wait in prison and in slavery. David had to wait to be king after he was anointed as king. The disciples had to wait three days for the resurrection. Daggum Lazarus had to wait four days in the grave before Jesus raised him from the dead. How many of you know that the Lord calls you to wait? And in the waiting, in that time of waiting, that is where we are tempted the most to give up, to quit, to stop waiting and try to do it on our own. To stop waiting on the Lord and we try to get ahead of the Lord. Well, listen, if he ain't going to do it, I'll take care of it myself. If he ain't going to help me, I'll take care of it myself. If he ain't going to meet this need, well, I'm done with it. Let me go try something else. 
Well, I asked him to help me, but he didn't show up. I'm tired of it. Let's move on to something else. Y'all, can I tell you the number one killer of the Christian faith today? Anybody want to guess? Starts with a P, ends with ride. Pride. Thank you, Christine. P, ride. The fact that we really believe that we can get ahead of the Lord and do his job for him. The fact that we really believe that we're that, that the Lord is taking too long and because we're tired of waiting, we're going to go take care of it ourselves. There is nothing that will tear your faith down more and quicker than you trying to do God's job for him. And when we find ourselves in those times of waiting, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to believe that you don't need his help. You can do it on your own. And if you're like me, you've tried to do it on your own before. And if you're like me, it didn't work out for you. When the Lord calls us to wait, there's a reason he's calling us to wait. Could it be possible that he knows something that we don't know? Yeah. I mean, just asking a question, is it possible? Is it possible that he sees the whole picture while we only see a snapshot? Is it possible that he knows that we're not ready or we're not in a place for that blessing or that miracle or that need to be met yet? Is it possible that he's waiting for us to get ourselves out of the way? He's waiting for us to realize that we can't do it. He's waiting for you to maybe give it a shot. You want to try it? Go ahead and see what happens. Once you fall on your face, guess who's still going to be here? The one that can do what you need to have done for you in the first place. Is it possible that the miracle is still cooking? Is it possible that in that waiting, God has you there for a purpose and for a reason that you don't even understand because you don't know the outcome from the beginning like he does? We mentioned Joseph earlier. Think about Joseph. In the book of Genesis, if it wasn't for the brothers... If it wasn't for slavery, if it wasn't for prison, if it wasn't for Potiphar's house, he would never have been put in charge of Egypt and his, he would never have saved his family because of the famine. And the whole bloodline of Jesus was threatened at the end of the book of Genesis. But because he waited. Charles used to say a lot. Those of you probably have heard, some of you probably heard him say a lot. Don't wait on, I missed it up, I missed it up. Yeah, don't time the waiting, wait on God's timing. You heard him say that before, did I say it right, did I get it right? We like to time the waiting. Well, Jerry's is like, hey Jesus. No, you stay where you're at. God has a plan, God has a purpose. God will get there when he's supposed to get there. He won't be early. He won't be late. He'll be there when it's supposed to happen. Amen. Number three, the third thing we want to look at in this story. By the way, got good news. Because of the time change, my watch is now correct. I've been waiting seven months for my watch to be right again. And I just realized, I just looked at it, and it is finally right. 
The third thing we're going to learn, we're going to look at this story. Oh, gosh, y'all, this is terrible. Third thing we want to look at this story, the last thing, is look at the desperation that is seen in these two stories. You've got two people. Both of them come up to Jesus. Both of them throw themselves at Jesus' feet. Both of them are fully dependent upon Jesus to do for them what no one else can do. Both of them uh, didn't care what it cost. Both of them knew that they had to get to Jesus no matter what. This lady knew that he was the only way she, he could, she could live. This guy knew that he was the only way that his daughter could live. That, my friends, is what we call desperate faith. Have you ever been there? You ever had a time in your life where you knew Jesus was the only answer? You ever had a time in your life where you begged and pleaded and shed tears and were brokenhearted and cried out to the Lord for a miracle? You ever had a time in your life where you were just in desperate need of Jesus to move in your life? If you are today, let me give you some encouragement. That's good. That's a good place to be. Desperation in Scripture is always a prelude to grace. Desperation is always the step before grace. It happens every single time. Most of you know that I had back surgery two, about two years ago. It'll be two years in May. Uh, and um, after my surgery, I have a couple of doctor visits. It may have been, I don't know, three or four months after the, the doctor, after the surgery. I had an appointment with my doctor. And I was sitting there, this was my last doctor's appointment where he uh, released me and I could go do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and I told him, I said, buddy, I can't, and Dr. McAllister, I said, hey, Dr. McAllister, can I share something with you real quick? This is before, this is at our last, last appointment. He said, yeah. I said, buddy, I just want to thank you. I appreciate all you did for me, you know, three months ago, four months ago. I couldn't move. I couldn't sit up straight. I was having to lay down all day, every day. I lay down in the back of the car to get places. Um, but because of you doing what you do, um, I, I can walk, I can stand up, I can bend over, I can do all this stuff, I can pick up my baby, all this kind of stuff. And I appreciate that you did what you did. I said, I believe that you have the skills and talents that you have because God has blessed you with them. And because you do what you do, you, God used you to be a blessing in my life. And I hope you know that your skills and talents that you have come from the Lord. He looked at me, kind of smiled. He said, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. He said, uh, he said I guess I need, need the Lord's help too. I said, yeah, yeah. And then I walked out of there, and I got kind of upset. While he, I understood what he was saying, I think, like I think his intentions were, well, yeah, I need the Lord's help. Yeah, I'll take his help. No. Can I tell you today that we are in desperate need of the Lord's help? Not just, I'll take his help. If I can't handle this part, he can pitch in over here. No. No, 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 no. That's not the way life works, my friends. You need the Lord today more than anything else. You need it. You need it. Without it, you're dead. Does that make sense? 
Like, I don't know how much more, like, bottom lines you can get. Without the Lord, you're a dead man. You need the Lord. These two healings here in Scripture are a, are a perfect replication of the human life, of the, of the humanity of you and I and what sin does to us. You and I today, we're Jarius. We're this woman. We need Jesus. We need him. Our sin separates us from him. Our sin keeps us apart from him. Our sin makes us unclean. Our sin separates us from people and the other people around us. And the only cure, the only help, the only one that can fix it for you and I today is Jesus Christ. My last question and encouragement to you is, one, do you know you need him? And two, what are you doing about it? If Jesus were to walk by today, would you reach out and grab him? Or would you let him go? Because you're going to try it on your own. I want to encourage you today to find that desperate faith. To find that faith that will bump through a crowd. To find that faith that doesn't care what people look like, doesn't care what people say, doesn't care what happens, I've got to get to Jesus more than anything else. I need it more than I need people in my life. I need the Lord more than I need food. I need the people more than I need sweet tea. I need people more. I need, need the Lord more than I need breath itself. Because it's only in that place, in that desperate need in that knowledge and a desperate faith that you need Jesus Christ. Do we see Jesus show grace, mercy, and bring dead things back to life? Amen. You need him today. I need him today. The question is, what are we doing about it? And I pray for myself and for you that you will reach out like this lady and grab hold and fall down at the feet of the only one that can do for you what you need to have done for you today. So if you want to be, he want to be free, it's there. If you want to be forgiven, it's there. You want to be healed? It's there. You need grace and mercy? It's there. But you've got to grab it. You've got to need it. You've got to reach out for it. You may have to push some things to the side. You may have to change some priorities around. You may have to move some stuff in your life. You may have to let go of some stuff in your life. You may have to take hold of new things in your life. But the Lord is there waiting for you. Amen. Let's stand together. This is one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. I have a lot of favorites, actually. Mark chapter 2, when Jesus... The friends dug the hole in the roof of the house, and they lowered the guy down in front of Jesus. That's my favorite. This here is one of my favorites. Uh, when Peter cut my man's ear off, cut the guard's ear off right before the, uh, when Jesus was getting arrested, that's one of my favorites. 
Um, this here is one of my favorites for two reasons. Um, you see that Jesus has power over disease, and you see that Jesus has power over death. And what we learn from that is that anything the enemy may attack you with, it falls underneath the sovereignty and the power and the reign of Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, again, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these two stories and these two healings that we read about here in Scripture. God, I pray today for myself and I pray today for my brothers and sisters and my my loved ones that are in front of us, God, I pray today that we will know that we need you. God, we can't do it without you. We don't want to do it without you. If you're not with us, let us know because we ain't coming. God, for those of us today that think we're strong, that think we're smart, that think we're good, God, help us to know today that we're not and we need you. God, for those of us today that find ourselves in a spot of waiting, in a time of waiting, in a faith for waiting, God, help us to stay strong. God, your word says in Hebrews to not to become lazy, but to stand strong in the promises of the Lord. So God, help us today to keep the faith, help us today to hold on in times of waiting. And God, finally I pray today for myself and for my friends. God, we want to be close to you. We don't want to just be here. We don't want to just hear about you. We don't want to be close enough to hear you speak. We don't want to be close enough just to touch you, bump into you. Lord, we want to our hearts to be close to you today God your word says that you will never leave us nor forsake us so God help us know today that as we draw near you are there drawing near to us Lord we love you and we pray in Jesus name amen